This is the Roden Fellows Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural Roden Fellows Podcast from the seventh class of Fellows. I'm your host, Cameron Jackson, a multimedia journalism student at North Carolina A&T State University, home of the Aggies. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my fellows to kick off the podcast, and we will start by introducing ourselves. So, Takir, could you tell the guests a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Takir George. I'm a rising senior English major, TV and film minor at Howard University, and I'm originally from Arlington, Virginia. Hi, everybody. My name is Lawrence Goss. I'm a rising senior student at Florida A&M University studying broadcast journalism, and I'm from the, the real A, Atlanta. And of course, this internship could not be possible without the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Bill Roden. Mr. Roden, if you don't mind, please tell the audience a little bit about yourself and the fellowship. Well, I, I do mind, but since, <laughs> we're, since we're being courteous here, I'll uh, go, go along with you guys. have been beating me up all summer long. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for your class. This is the seventh class of fellows. And I must tell you that one of the most exciting uh, or gratifying parts of the of the uh, season uh, of the uh, fellowship is when the fellows do their own podcast. Um, I, I always find it's got a lot of information, got a lot of useful voices telling us what's going on in your world. Um, so as you said, so I'd like to welcome you guys, welcome the audience. And uh, basically, you know, this podcast has been supported by um, you know, The Undefeated, now Anscape. Uh, you know, Raina Kelly is our uh, executive director, uh, executive editor, uh, been very supportive. And um, basically the idea came about a while back when uh, I was asked, well, what do you think about, what would you like your legacy to be? And then I went to the real HBCU, Morgan State University in Baltimore, and as you know, you know, we don't have, at Morgan, we don't have like any trick names, you know, like when at AT you say, Aggie Pride and Howard says the real HU and all that, you know, at Morgan, we just do the work. That's all. We just, we just do the work. No, you know, no bells and whistles. You guys were on campus, right? You know, you guys walked across the hallowed grounds of Morgan State. But um, the idea was, how do you bring in more, like I was uh, at Morgan State in 1973, you know, and the idea was there's so many bright young uh, students at HBCUs. How do we pull them into this wonderful uh, journalism, you know, industry? Um, you know, because I think there's some stat that's out there now more African American students, young black students, are are basically going to PWIs, um, but the largest concentration of young black students is still at HBCUs. And I just always think it's so great that year after year, the young people like you guys choose to go to HBCUs. I just think that's really wonderful. So the idea is how to take each year some talented HBCU students and, and help put them into the pipeline, uh, put them into the journalism pipeline. And we show them a lot of experiences, you know, you go to training camps and you talk to a lot of different professionals. Uh, you know, my colleague, Kimberly um, Jarvis, who will probably join us 
near the end is the Rodenfels coordinator. And she's been with ESPN for a long time. And she's done a great job of just introducing you guys to a lot of professionals, you know, between Kimberly and myself. We just introduce you to people we know in the profession, just people who are very well accomplished and and will help you get your foot in the door and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so welcome to you guys. It's, it's great to, um, it's always great to welcome another great class. Everybody's very precocious. Everybody's very eager and anxious and having skills that are waiting to percolate and blossom. So, um, yeah, that's it. So have fun on the podcast. I may poke my nose in here and there. We all say something whack, you know, they come in and contribute. But welcome, uh, Cameron, Takir, Lawrence. It's been great to be hanging out with you this summer and uh, look forward to a tremendous year ahead. We're going to kick this off by giving the audience a little bit of a summer recap. So if each of you guys can tell me what your favorite part of the summer was and why. Terkir, we'll start with you. Okay. So my favorite part of this summer was inspired by my last story. And it was when I was shadowing the Los Angeles Sparks when they practiced at Howard University. I got to spend the day with them. And then I went to the game the next day and it was just an incredible experience, not only because I got to see so many inside things happening, but also because I got to see this bond between the Howard's women's basketball team and the Sparks start. And just for them to have these mentors for the day and to have these conversations about HBCUs and Black players and how important they are um, was really special for me. And I love that I got to write a story about it. And if you want to check it out, it's on Anscape right now. But um, yeah, it was just a really amazing experience. So me and Anscape specifically broke the news about Felicia Rashad um, stepping down from her position as the Dean of the College of, of Fine Arts at Howard University. Um, so that was very fun and um, surprising because it's just something I said real quick and I didn't expect to actually be able to write a story on it. So that was breaking news. Yeah, for me, I, I have two that I kind of boil it down to. Um, one, I would say I was I was afforded the the great opportunity uh, through the internship to be able to travel to Seattle during the MLB All-Star Week uh, kickoff. And I got to uh, cover the inaugural, the first HBCU Swingman Classic. So being there, um, having that be my first time in the, the top left corner, the Pacific Northwest, um, and being able to 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 watch the first game, see a lot of a lot of baseball legends that you heard about growing up you know, have that game be headlined um, and named after, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. himself. And then see, seeing him being able to meet um, baseball Hall of Famers, um, like I met mine from my school, um, Mr. Andre Dawson, I got to write a piece about the the entire thing. So I would say that's one. And then my second one would be our trip to the National Museum of African-American History and Culture here in D.C. Um, the sports curator, Damian Thomas, he actually took us around the sports exhibit and kind of gave us his two cents on why he chose the specific artifacts um, to put on display in the sports exhibit. And, you know, the, a little bit of the history behind um, a couple of the artifacts as well. So I say those are my top two for the summer. Perfect. Perfect. Um, For myself, I'll definitely say the training camps was a really, really fun experience going to the Ravens training camp, which was the first one we went to, was super fun because you know I'm a real big football fan I love watching it and just being in the field and seeing all the action close up being able to ask 
wide receivers like Odell Beckham Jr., being able to see the head coach talk. It was just really kind of like a surreal experience for me. And then secondly, I would definitely say NABJ in Birmingham. It was a really, really great experience. I didn't really have many expectations going into it, but I left with a lot of expectations for next year in Chicago. So I'm very, very excited. I got to meet a lot of influential people especially Gary Howard. I recently won one of his scholarships. So now he's kind of serving as a mentor towards me. He's been really, really great. Um, influential people like Malika Andrews, Anscape's own Mark Spears were all there. We got to talk to them. So it was a really, really, really great experience. With that being said, you know, we've all had pretty busy summers producing stories, going to events, but we're still young and we're still lit, hopefully. And, you know, that kind of comes with having a little bit of a work-life balance. So if you guys could just tell the audience a little bit about how you kind of balance, you know, doing all your work for ESPN, making sure all your ducks are in the row, but, you know, also enjoying life as a 21-year-old college student. I'll say that in in addition of Cam being my birthday twin, December 6th, save the date, we were also roommates this summer. So um, we would go to work together, we'd go home, do more work, and then wherever the night took us, it took us. And I just think it was very um, easy for me to be held accountable because literally my my colleague was sitting next to me in the living room. And when I, whenever I saw her working, I would want to work myself. And also, I never forgot to have fun because we had, we had two other roommates and we were 21 in D.C. It was it was so much fun, but it was also about work. And I think what's important is to remember your priorities and what comes first. And the Roden Fellowship is such a great opportunity. And I think we really took advantage of that this summer. And yes, there's you're supposed to have fun during the summer, but there's also a time and place. And I think remembering that is key. I um I I give mine up to time management. You know, being in in the band at school, uh, the marching band. It, it kind of teaches you, like, to a T, um, how to exercise time management, you know, going from class, um, you and your your curriculum, and then having practice maybe once or maybe even twice a day sometimes, and then still knowing that, you know, you have to go do your homework and 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 finish up all your assignments before the next day starts. Um, and then, you know, you still, like, you're, like you said, you're still in college, you're still young, and you know, want to have fun. So still trying to fit all of that into each other. Um, into one schedule, it, it kind of teaches you how to, you know, really a lot time, you know, for certain things at certain times. Um, but, you know, I've had a couple friends. Um, I have a couple friends who live here and then I have a couple friends who had came in as well. So, you know, we, we went out, you know, we did our regular, um, you know, like Takir say, you know, we're 21 still in DC. So we went out, we had a good fun, uh, went out to a couple uh, nightclubs and everything. Got to sightsee the city. Um, we're not too far from the White House. So, you know, walking to the White House, being able to see. Um, I still need to go to the National Monument before we leave. Um, but, you know, it's it's been great. You know, work-life balance is not the, the hardest thing at the moment um, for me. So I give it up to time management. Definitely agree with both of you guys. You know, like Takir said, it was just easier, I think, for us because we worked together, but we also lived together. So, you know, we we knew how to hold each other accountable. Like, 
I don't know how many times the kid will come in my room in the morning and be like, Cam, like, wake up. <laughs> and it's like, I almost think to myself, like, I'm so happy I have her here with me, somebody I can live with, that I work with to actually hold me accountable. But, you know, there's also been times where I'll go to Takir and I'll be like, no, like, you're coming outside today. Like, you're coming, like, no questions asked, you know? So it's really cool and it's really convenient to actually live with someone that you also work with. And with that being said, we can transition to back to school, but, you know. Yeah, okay, could you wait for a minute? I I, I just want to go back to something that the kids said, it kind of worrisome. Remember when you talk about the night being 21, and then you guys would just go where the night leads you. What, <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? Where, where, does, where does the night lead you? I, mean, I wasn't trying to go into specifics. I'll give you an anecdote, Mr. Rodin. So I was going on a walk around DC and they were like clearing the streets, like, you know, like like Beyonce was about to pull up or something. So I asked yeah. the, the journalist in me asked the security guards, oh, you know, like what's going on? They lied and said they're shooting like a Mayo commercial till I asked the police officer. And he said they're shooting for Captain America 4. I was like, oh my God, they're shooting Captain America 4. So I called Takir and then one of our other roommates, Sierra, I'm like, yo, you guys need to come to DC right now. The monument. I need to come right now because they're shooting Captain America 4. They walk over and before they even get to me, they see Anthony Mackie. For those mm -hmm. of you who don't know who Anthony Mackie is, he's Captain Look America. <laughs> they literally see Anthony Mackie. You know, it didn't work out. You know, we tried to get a picture. He shut that down quick. But you know, it was a cool experience. And we waited out to see if they were going to shoot a scene and they didn't. You know, that's kind of like a, we were out there till like 10, 11 p.m. That's kind of like an example of like, you know, wherever the night takes us, takes us because we weren't expecting that. Now we have other examples that we're not going to get into, but <laughs> that's Please. an example. So, um, yeah, like I was saying, you know, back to school. But before we talk about, you know, what we're going to be doing on our campus. I know we all have some assignments that we need to finish up for Anscape before we go on a little break. So each of you can kind of tell the audience a little bit about some of the assignments you have before you get back to campus. Lawrence, we'll start with you. For me right now, I'm actually doing a, a feature type story on the assistant quarterbacks coach for the Ravens. Um, his name is Kerry Dixon. He, you know, to give you a little backstory, um, he went to Baylor originally coming out of high school. He's from Texas. And he ended up transferring to Hampton University. And he played quarterback there. He was actually, you know, a representative in the 2003 HBCU All-Star Game. So from him to come, you know, from an HBCU background, and now he's, you know, coaching one of the most dynamic and prolific and, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. It um it all kind of made sense for me to kind of want to tell his story a little bit. So that's what I have coming up. Yesterday, we went to the commander's camp and we were able to interview Jason Wright, the president of the commanders. And now we will all be writing stories about him. We're having a little friendly competition. Um, Mr. Roden will be one of the judges. Um, we'll have more on that soon. But another story that I'm really interested in is um, one about the international students at Howard University. And I can't say too much about that yet, but just know that Anscape will be giving Howard's inter um, international students a voice. I know a story I'm working on is something regarding the MEAC SWAC. I will be going to the MEAC SWAC challenge in pretty much the end of August. And 
Jackson State will be playing in that game. And if you've been living under a rock, then you know. I mean, if you haven't been living under a rock, then you know that Deion Sanders was previously the head coach of Jackson State before, you know, he took the job to be the coach at Colorado. So a story will kind of be like a feature type story on the new Jackson State head coach, T.C. Taylor, and kind of get into a little bit of, you know, like post Dion era, his expectations, how they can still maintain success, even though someone that brought so much success is gone. So that's a story that I'm really excited for. And then another story that I'm working on is another feature on a soccer player named Christian Bentake, who plays for DC United after previously playing in the Premier League. We had the opportunity to go to the MLS All-Star Game. and I had the opportunity to meet him, which was a really good experience. So I'm looking forward to, you know, doing a feature on him too. I forgot to mention that uh, the skill that you learned when you went to the Nationals baseball game, uh what you, you learn to do what yes mr. mr Roden taught us how to score a baseball game and he also told us to never leave until the game is over <laughs> oh yeah we'll leave yeah, that alone. The, the team we were we, we were kind of there we were in dc and it started raining so everybody started leaving and the dc team they were down, but later on that night, we found out that they actually won. It was probably like a comeback. So that would have been a nice thing to see live. But unfortunately, we left beforehand. But that won't happen ever again. Guys, so now we'll transition into, you know, kind of back to school. I know all of us are very, very involved in our campuses. So just tell the audience a little bit about what are your expectations and what are your responsibilities for the next school year? Secure, we can start with you. So I'm the head of two organizations at Howard. And the first one is the Sterling Allen Brown English Society, which is an organization that folk, um, that puts on events like writing events and really brings together the College of Arts and Sciences. Um, we put on a lot of social events. And the second one is the Sterling Notes Literary Journal, which is what it sounds like. It's a literary journal and it basically brings poetry, fiction, scripts, photography, a lot of creative outlets um, into one journal. Um, and it's really something that the Howard community uses as an outlet. This semester, I'm expecting to have a 4.0 season. And I really want to do well in school because I'll be applying to grad schools this semester. And I also have to focus on my honors slash creative writing thesis, which I'm very excited but scared about. But um, yeah, I also want to do a lot for Anscape, write as many articles as possible, um, get some Howard students some spotlights and, you know, really enjoy my semester, my last my last year at Howard University. For me, it'll I'm expecting it to be a lot, but something that I'm kind of, it's it's kind of something I'm looking forward to at the same time. Um, I won't be in the band this year, so I have a little bit of time, a little bit more time now. Um, to myself, but at the same time, I'll be the lead sports editor for our school newspaper, the FAMUN, and I will be um, working downstairs as one of our sports anchors on our semi-weekly newscast that we do every Monday and Wednesday um, to be broadcasted in the local North Florida and Southern Georgia areas. And I'm also in a couple fraternities on campus, and then um, I'm the vice president of one of the chapters as well. So and then all of that on top of still, you know, being a campus correspondent for Anscape, 
um, you know, potentially traveling, um, and you know, just wanting to live a regular college college student life, you know, especially as a senior. Um, it'll be a lot, but like Takira said, um, I want a 4.0 this semester as well, both semesters um, until I graduate. And then, you know, I'm also looking at, you know, potentially going to grad school as well. So, you know, trying to make sure I check off all of my goals that I have for myself this upcoming year is something that I'm I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, you know, similar to both of you guys, I also have a lot of responsibilities as well. This upcoming school year, I'll be the managing editor of the ANT Register, which is the student-led newspaper here at ANT, as well as the president of Associated Press Sports Editors, and then also, you know, also being a Rodin Fellow and serving as a campus correspondent for Anscape. You know, similar to you guys, I think those three things are definitely my priority. This year, I really want to make sure all three of those can be the best that they can possibly be. So I really want to put a lot of my time and a lot of my effort into that, you know, as well as keeping up my grades, you know, things like that. But, you know, it's senior year, so my schedule is a little bit less demanding. So that's a good thing. But, you know, I talked about this previously with you guys, like off podcast, off camera, but I definitely think I'm charging this year to the game which is, you know, I know it's my senior year. It's my last year in college, my last year in undergrad, hopefully at least. <laughs> so, you know, but I think the things that I kind of want post-college are a little bit more important to me than, you know, anything else that college may have to offer. You know, that might not sound great, but I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to just really hone in on like responsibilities this year and things that I really want to see grow. Uh, now that you're all seniors, if you had it to do all over again, A, would you still choose HBCU and would you choose your particular HBCU and and, and what's it done for you? I know we're running out of time, but I, I'm just curious to hear that. I would choose my HBCU today, tomorrow, the next day, five years ago, 10 years ago, 10 years from now. I believe that A&T is a great school Um all HBCUs are great schools, though. You know, I had to put that out there. I know the HBC community can get a little competitive. Morgan State, home of the Bears. FAMU, home of the Snakes. And, you know, Howard University, home of the Bison. It's, they're all great schools, but absolutely, I would choose a and 100 times over. I just wanted to be known that one of Cameron's top choices coming out of high school was actually FAMU. So Ooh. for disrespect and say home of the Snakes is, is really and crazy. where did I go? Is really crazy. And where did I go? But that's that's neither. I'll let you have that one. Like you said, I'll. I'll oh my bad, rattlers, 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 rattlers. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll charge it to the game. <laughs> I'll charge it to the game. But um, for me, my HBCU uh, experience was a little different. I actually got the opportunity to go to two different ones. I started off at Hampton University, coming out of high school, and um, for that to be my first experience, and then being able to transfer. And, you know, kind of flourish and exceed and succeed at uh, FAMU. It's been um, it's been a great college experience overall for me. Um, I don't know if transferring would be for everyone, um, but I say for me, I would if I did it again, you know, if I could go back and do it again, I would still go to both. Um, I think both experiences kind of have, you know, come together to help me become, you know, who I am today. I go to the Howard University, the Mecca, the real HU, 
if you will. Um, and it has been such an amazing opportunity and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, people talk about the culture at Howard a lot of the times. And I'll just say it's real. Like you walk across the yard to go to point A to point B and you feel it. You see the students just, I don't know, they're just vibing. And it's just an amazing experience going to Howard. And yeah, I I would pick it again and again. Mr. Roden, if you would go back in time, would you pick Morgan State University again? Yeah, I just, every time I think about it, and I've had the opportunity, you know, over the years I've been in the business to visit a lot of campuses. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of the PWI campuses, you know, for the Ivy Leagues or the big campuses out West. And I guess I keep, my, my only thing is to thank God that Morgan directed me to Howard. I mean, Howard, to Morgan. Uh, I don't know why I said Howard. But, I don't know so, why. <laughs> maybe thank God how it directed me away from Howard. But no, I, I always thank God that I was directed toward Morgan. It was the perfect place for me. It was um, a great pathway. Um, met some great people. I was allowed to be nourished, and, and I flourished. And uh, which is why I'm so happy that this uh, fellowship focuses on HBCU students because. It has, it's such a rich history, you know, it's such a rich history, why we came into existence. And like I said before, why you, your generation chooses to go to HBCU. So yeah, I, I would, I would do it a hundred times over. And like I said, I just always thank God that I was led to Morgan. So good. So sorry, so sorry for that interlude, but Cameron, I'll turn it back to you. Absolutely. And you know, that's great. You know, if you guys didn't know, Mr. Roden is a legend and a product of Morgan State. So big ups to that university. And, you know, back to Takir and Lawrence, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, our expectations for the school year. But, you know, are there any things you guys are not so looking forward to experiencing back, you know, at college? We know summer is a lot different than college, you know, campus school life. So is there anything you're not really looking forward to? Me personally, I commute. Um, because I live so close to school. And one thing I absolutely hate, absolutely hate, is parking. And I won't tell you to park somewhere you won't. Um, personally, I've been fine so far, um, but you never know. Every day is a gamble, honestly. You walk out of class and you're just hoping there's not a ticket by your car or that the ticket man hasn't come down that road yet. Um, and it's just, I, it's just too much anxiety but um yeah. would you say howard parking is the bane of your existence please i i would say that <laughs> no i mean i'll give you a tip that i did so you know um in cat parking services gotcha towing if you're listening to this this is a lie but um i used to park in reserve and the way i kind of looked at it was you know if you park there so many times they're gonna start to believe that that's really your spot I think it worked out for me because I only think I got like one ticket. Mind you, I used to park at the same spot every single day and it was a reserve spot. You know, I'm not going to do that ever again in CAD. So it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't come looking for me, but you know, to here, you know, yeah. Uh, anyways, Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I'll add on, I think parking is a major problem at, you know, every, every HBCU. Um, at least for us, we have, what, maybe three or four parking lots, maybe five. 
that, you know, thousands of students, you know, try to fit in every day. Um, so, you know, some people get it, get to campus like maybe an hour, hour and a half early before class just to be driving around for 30 minutes to try to find a parking spot. Because um, right. everybody's trying to find that one spot that's closest to their building. But, you know, you end up having to park all the way across campus. And then, you know, in Florida, it's hot and it's humid. And there's no clouds and the sun is out. So it might be like 90 degrees, but it feels like 102 outside. Right. So you walk in across the campus in, in 100 degree weather. You know, you sit down in class, you drip and sweat. You know, some people come in out of breath because it's so hot and stuff. But um, I think parking is a really big one. Me last summer, I actually spent last summer in Tallahassee. So, you know, for me, when Tallahassee is pretty much, it's just a college town. It's us and Florida State and Tallahassee. Uh, we have like one mall and that's really all it is. It's just a college town. Um, so all of the lines for everything were kind of small in the summer because everybody, you know, all the students went home from both schools. But then, you know, you come back, everybody comes back to Tallahassee for school and, Every line is long, you know, you can't really go here like you want to because now it's traffic all over again, um, especially in the mornings because everybody's trying to, all the off-campus students are trying to like get to campus to to go to class and everything. Um, but yeah, I think parking is a big one at all HBCUs for sure. Can't you guys ride bikes? <laughs> Mm, I'm not crossing the bridge with a bike, Mr. Roden. <laughs> yeah, that part. Um, I would completely agree. Parking has been like a problem at AT for since I've been driving there. And that was my um sophomore year. You know, I'm about to be a senior. So yeah, that's always been a problem for our university. It's almost as if like, you know, I think HBCUs, you know, we're getting to a point where we're growing in popularity, we're growing in enrollment, we're growing in admissions. So it's great. And I think the school supports that. But I also think schools need to be prepared for all of that. And, you know, right. I understand. I'm pretty sure NCAT just released like their 10 year plan not too long ago. But, you know, there also has to be like a certain level of preparation, like right now, because it's like, you have freshmen coming in right now. Some of them can't even live on a dorm because there's too many students. So they have to live in hotels and have to take shuttles to campus. And, you know, that's that's not really the first year college experience that most college students envision for themselves. So, you know, I think it's great that HBCUs are growing, but we also, universities also have to make sure that they're accommodating the amount of students that they're having enter the school. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a, that's a major thing um, because, you know, our schools were founded on tradition, you know, and, and the tradition is big because our, our universities and colleges were founded, you know, for us, you know, right. because we weren't allowed to go to, you know, other schools. So, you know, you kind of want to hold on to those traditions, whether it be buildings or, or, you know, even physical traditions or whatever, you know, the case may be. So in terms of buildings, you know, you might want to keep an old dorm but it's 2023 and that dorm was built in the 1970s. So is it really, you know, up to par with the current needs of, you know, the actual students that are currently living there rather than, you know, what alumni may think, you know, the building should, should be, you know, stay up or not. Um, but, you know, even for us last year, like you said, freshmen 
some freshmen weren't even allowed to be on campus because we had that many students, you know, registered in dorms. And then actually where I stayed off campus last year, which was actually like neighboring the school, the school ended up buying that that little complex and they're going to turn that into student housing, which I guess can alleviate a little bit. But at the same time, you know, we we need to probably build another dorm, look at building another dorm soon. Um, I know our last our most recent dorm was opened in 2020, the fall of 2020. Um, and we still need another one because, you know, FAMU was really like you said, all HBCUs are really growing in terms of enrollment numbers. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Howard has had its fair share of um house housing crises, as many of you guys know. But um, yeah, I think along with gentrification, the way that it makes prices rise, if there's not housing for the students and they have to look elsewhere for it, they can't even afford the housing around Howard. So now we're going to Maryland and we're going to this place and that place. So it definitely is a prob um, problem. But like, like Cameron was saying, I think it's always a good thing to grow, but make sure you have the facilities ready to help with that growth. We are going to transition into some music. So let's hear three songs that you guys absolutely positively could not live without this summer. Only three, not two, not one, not four, three. Lawrence, we'll start with you. Uh, my three in no order. Um, I would say I was just thinking by Gunna off of his new album. Um, I would say Taylor Port Junkie by Rallo Rodriguez. And I would say Not a Drill by V's. What's Taylor Port? Uh, it's just a drink. Well, what kind of just drink? Uh, just a little juice. Red Does juice it burn when it go down your throat? No. Nah. Oh, I... <laughs> um, my first one is Promises by Cleo Soul. Um, my second one is Gonna Love Me by Tiana Taylor. And my last one is You Wish by Fly on a Boss. And that's that song. I don't know if you guys seen those two girls that are like running. Like, hello, yeah, that one. Um, so yeah. If you didn't know, Takir is actually a singer as well. So Takir, can you give the audience a quick little one-two of one of your songs? Just a little quick one, one-two. I would, but I'm actually on vocal rest. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of her, but Beyonce, she was just performing here, actually. Um, she put me on vocal rest herself because she wants me to open her next show. Um, but I heard that Kim's the rapper, so she can rap whatever three songs of hers she's about to say. Mm, okay. <laughs> You're funny. Um, Mr. Roden, what are your three songs? Vocal rest. Yeah. He's a real singer. You don't hear that rasp? Wow. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to hearing you sing in a future HBCU podcast. Well, here you're, you're a poet, aren't you? Sometimes, yes. Um, would you care to leave us off with a delightful? Well, how about I give my three songs and then you could give your poem? I know. Maybe I got a little sentence somewhere. Well, go or ahead, take your time. Would you, like to, would you like to give your three songs? 
Yeah, my three songs are uh, Every Summer for the last 30 years. You know, Summer Madness by Cool in the Game. Summertime, Will Smith, despite the slap, I feel like summertime. And then the revolution will not be televised. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Scared of Revolution by the last poets, which you guys heard. Those are my... The Scared of Revolution is year-long, and the other ones I always play during the summer. So those are my three. Okay, okay. I'd say my three are Delhi by Ice Spice, mm -hmm. F You Mean by Gunna. You can use your context clues. Um, and the last one is RC by Sofago. So which one are you going to be rapping for us today? Um, right. three, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the lyrics are. Yeah. Anyways, secure <laughs> the poem. Yes, I will be reading a poem I actually um, wrote for Anscape. Um, um, and it was inspired by a 4th of July prompt. Uh, 4th of July from the perspective of an immigrant's child. From the moment I knew colors, I knew red, white, and blue. It tasted like charcoal and sweetness and heat and felt like waiting and waiting and boom. The only time this country welcomes darkness is to blow something up to bring more light to the world, even if only for a few seconds, no matter how much smoke or scraps are left behind. It is also pretty and perfect for a moment. My mother understands this and my father understands this, but neither of them are red and white or blue. These are not their colors and these days do not belong to them, but we take what we can get, hoping that the shape of our words fit the tune of this day, knowing the tints of our skin fit the left behind. Yet it is also pretty and perfect for a moment. Nothing has ever been so American and dreamlike as a day off in the heat of July. In adulthood, I forget colors. Even if only for a minute, I forget my colors. Great way to end. Thank yes. you, Takira. You guys didn't know, Takira is definitely the poet of the group, but I'm sure she has proved it to you guys. Well, that'll be the wrap for the Rodent Fellows podcast. To our audience, thank you so much for tuning in to us for another year of the Fellows podcast. We'd like to give a very special thanks to William Roden for taking the time to be with us and sharing his experience. And an extra thanks to Kimberly Jarvis, our Rodent Fellows coordinator, and Parker Owens, the ESPN digital audio content team. Get all the Rodent Fellow podcast episodes and HBCU podcast episodes by subscribing to Anscape on the ESPN app. Make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to go to Anscape for all the latest news and insight. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next time on the Rodent Fellows podcast.